Good morning and welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm fine, Jason. Hope it's, you are. I'm doing wonderful, Bill. Excited to have you on the program here today. Well, I guess we couldn't have the program without you, Bill. Uh, be, <laughs> well, I'm sure somebody might come in. Well, yeah, it wouldn't be as fun as uh, as as the hour that I get to spend with you, Bill. And this is a, a, a always an important show because it's it's our show right before your seminars this Wednesday, Bill. Absolutely, and I, I want to invite uh, anyone who is interested in learning how the system works as it relates to long-term care. Uh, and in other words, uh, when might uh, financial assistance be available to you or a loved one in your family? Um, because there are a number of different programs, and the rules vary for each and every program. And there's really no way – that you can do self-help. You can't just read a book and find out about these programs because they're unique to North Carolina. Some are unique to this area. Um, And uh, truthfully, if you don't know how to read what's out there, you, you can't read it right. So most of the folks who try to do it themselves do it wrong uh, and end up in trouble. And, um, from my perspective, it, there's an easy solution, and that is to come to the seminar and learn about these programs and get accurate information. You know, and two of the things that uh, are really important for people to know, if, if you, I want to call them myth busters, and uh, number one is that uh, the myth that if you give everything away. Uh, well in advance, you know, like three to five years before you'll ever need assistance, that the government will take care of you. And that is so untrue. I mean, th- that is just a bald-faced lie. And anybody who thinks that uh, needs to go back to school. <laughs> they need to come to the seminar. <laughs> and so uh, the, that is just plain wrong. Uh, uh, we have to we have to uh, take care of ourselves, and we have to save enough money to do that. Now, uh, there is help available for certain programs for many people, and the other myth is that you have to give everything away and and or be poor in order to receive Medicaid in the event that you need. Uh, nursing care, uh, which is the scariest of all long-term care problems because it's very expensive. Um, it's about $7,500 per month or more for basic care in a nursing home. Uh, and the bottom line is that your health insurance does not pay for it. Medicare does not pay for it. And who's got $7,500 a month uh, without going broke real fast? And uh, the fact is that middle-class families can get assistance, particularly if they have help doing it. And, of course, that keeps us busy, uh, and we're very good at doing that. But learning how the system works is really important for uh, seniors uh, and for other family members who are worried about seniors um, and, and frankly, for, the, for those who are just curious as to how the system works, uh, 
uh, for folks uh, when they get older and, and what's available and what's not available in North Carolina. You know, the Medicaid rules are unique to North Carolina, uh, even though it's based on federal law. Uh, and so our rules are different from the rules in every other state. Um, and, and therefore, there's no general things out there that help you. Now, um, uh, people hear the word spend down. In order to go on Medicaid, you have to, quote, spend down. Well, the fact is that's a term of art. And yes, you, there is a spend down required for most people, but spend down does not necessarily mean spend. I like to tell folks that it also means convert. You can take property that's countable that would otherwise keep you from being Medicaid eligible and convert it to a non-countable source of money or property and be eligible for Medicaid. So you don't have to be poor or to, quote, spend down all your money in order to be Medicaid eligible. So these are – I mean, I'm just trying to give you some teasers out there because – the fact is most folks have no clue how these work. They just – they uh, believe some of these old truisms that aren't true, you know, like you have to be poor. Or if you – on the other side of the coin, if you if you give everything away five years before you ever need help. And, you know, here's a question. How do you know that you're going to need help five years from now or if it's is it going to be three years or one year and i mean the bottom line is you don't know uh and do you want to really lose control of your assets to give control to your kids before it's time now my clients don't want to do that they want to keep control they want to stay independent and that's where i want to be as well and i want my clients to be there so why would anybody do that i don't understand i really don't (laughs) So the bottom line is people need to to learn and and you can't get it out of a book. You really have to – and that's why we've been doing these seminars for a number of years, many years, um, going on 20 years. We've been doing these seminars to help people understand how these rules work and how it can affect. And really, if you know how the rules work you're, you and plan for it, you can be in far better financial shape. So – I would invite everybody come out and see us. Yeah, and it's, it's free. It's, and it's it's almost necessary because as we've discussed in the past a lot of these application processes are are basically structured and designed so that you fail. So that well, that's you, right. you don't pass. In fact, most of the applications for government service is is an adversarial process. People are not trying to help you, they're actually trying to deny your claim and you have to prove it to them that you're entitled to it in order to get it. So that's just another facet of it altogether. But as as I, I want to remind folks of our seminar next Wednesday, um, I also want to make sure they know it's free. But we do not feed you, so don't <laughs> don't come hungry. <laughs> Eat something beforehand. You've got three seminars scheduled on this coming Wednesday, May eighth. Uh, give us the times again, Bill, when these well, will occur. It, um, what, what time is it? Ten thirty, uh, uh, I think ten two and six thirty. That's right. Ten o'clock, two o'clock, and six thirty. That's it. So you got so. three options to choose from. But we do ask that you register in advance. You can do that online. Visit Bill's website, wgalaw.com. 
WGALaw.com, W-G-A-Law.com. Or you can call Bill's office if you want to register as well. Call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. Again, registration is free. There are three different times that you can uh, register for. And again, this is this coming Wednesday, May 8th. We do this once a month, so now is the perfect time if you've heard bill talk about this before and you've said to yourself i really need to go i really need to attend one of these do it now go online to wgalaw.com or call 919-256-7000 a quick break and back with more you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander here on news radio 680 wptf You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday morning. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're talking all about Bill's seminars. We want to remind you, you can register to attend this Wednesday, May 8th, by going online to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com, or by calling the office 919 919- Two five six seven thousand. It's free to attend. You just got to register in advance so that uh, they can have an appropriate headcount and know how many people to accommodate. Bill and uh, you always do a wonderful job with these seminars. And as we've always discussed, it's just a wonderful opportunity for folks to get information you can't find anywhere. Well, I, I love doing it. I, I enjoy teaching, and I think it's an opportunity for folks. But. I wanted to talk uh, – well, there are a number of topics. There are just so many topics. But one of the things that um, I think is important to folks is um, finding money. I mean, Jason, wouldn't you like to have a little more money? I would love to find money. <laughs> I would like that to be a daily occurrence, Bill. Well, it, it might surprise you that most of us have lost money. Now, I'm not talking about going to Las Vegas and losing money that way. (laughs) I'm talking about the fact that uh, we sometimes forget about money that we actually have. And, um, I I mean, or it might be the fact that uh, your uh, parent or a sibling has died. uh, And how would you know? what accounts that they have. It's really much, much harder today to, to know uh, what people have because a lot of the information that used to be in print and we'd get monthly statements, is no lo- we no longer get those. It's all electronic and you have to go online uh, in order to get that information. So it's, it's far easier for property to be lost today than ever before. Uh, and so it's, it's like, uh, okay, how, how do we go about finding an account or maybe a life insurance policy that we don't know exists? You know, when a person dies, have you ever heard of a life insurance company contacting you to say, oh, we have a policy for you and we, you know, uh, uh, we're ready to pay you. 
it doesn't happen. You have to contact them and and present them a death certificate with a claim form and say, okay, you know, we've got the policy and now you owe us money. But the, just think of how many life insurance policies go unclaimed because family members don't know that it exists. Well, you got the same issue there. And in fact, you have the the you have the, this issue with bank accounts you have this issue with investment accounts you have it with life insurance policies and you also have it with retirement accounts because sometimes you've worked for a company you know 25 years ago and and you had a retirement account and you forgot to move it or you you, you know uh, or and it maybe that company went out of business uh, so you're not sure that it even exists anymore or how to get to it. You know, those are all issues where you can find money. So uh, first of all, um, let's talk about bank accounts and investment accounts. Um, and so you have to know where a person has lived. And uh, for instance, uh, a lot of folks don't realize, but if there's been no activity in, a, in an account – and I'm talking bank accounts or investment accounts, for a period of years. And in North Carolina, I believe it's five years. In other words, there's no activity at all. Then uh, what happens is the institution, uh, uh, the, the law basically says that money will escheat. Not cheat, but escheat. That's a legal term that basically means they have to send that money to the state. And in North Carolina, it goes to the North Carolina state treasurer. And the treasurer is a very important uh, position. Do you know when the state was formed, the treasurer was the, was a, an elect, the elected position in the state? It was so important. Even the governor was not elected <laughs> when the state was formed. The legislature actually uh, decided on who the governor would be. Um, now, obviously, lots has changed since the time the state was formed, but um, but the treasurer's office is really important. The treasurer's office um, uh, is in charge of all the the state employee retirement accounts uh, and, and the 401k accounts and uh, and also the escheats. And that basically means when your bank or investment uh, broker uh, decides that uh, you haven't done anything with your account for so many years, so they have to send the money to the state treasurer. Now, in other states, uh, because you may find that, you know, if you lived in Michigan or New York or or any other state, then the money might be with the treasurer's office or whatever institution that state has set up for these escheat funds. And so now – uh, if you're if you want to look broadly across the country for funds like this, then uh, you can look at a website called unclaimed.org. Unclaimed.org. Uh, that's uh, past tense. Unclaimed, um, uh, not unclaimed, but unclaimed. Uh, .org. Now, in, if if you've always lived in North Carolina, then it would be the North Carolina State Treasurer. But it's like you have to know where your either you or your loved ones um, lived in the past to be able to find uh, money that might be in their name. And obviously, if you're not an heir, <laughs> it's not going to do you any good. 
But if, you know, if you're the child of or the sibling of or the spouse of a, a person uh, like that, um, uh, and of course we have a whole group of folks who uh, forget, you know, they have dementia, so they forget what they've done with their money. Uh, and sometimes people wouldn't know. So this is an important place to look for money. And it, you might have a happy surprise to, to, to find that there is money that is in your name uh, there or in your parents' name at where you can actually claim it. Uh, now, you might have to open an estate uh, in order to do it, depending on who you are and those kinds of things. Uh, it's it's it has to go to the rightful people. It's not like you can claim somebody else's money, but that's really important. Uh, now, uh, for life insurance, uh, which is uh, uh, that there's a ton of money there for uh, particularly for for small policies that families didn't know about. You know, because you might have had a policy uh, that was paid for. In other words, it was paid up. So you didn't get bills for it each month because it was already paid for. Well, guess what? It's, you know, it's still there uh, and the money's still there and it's still accumulating uh, and you can claim it. So how do you find that? Well, again, you can go to the website unclaimed.org and see if there might be something there. Uh, if you're positive that um, you have a relative that had a policy, but you don't know what the uh, insurance company – in other words, I know dad had a policy, but I don't know what company it was, and I can't find the policy. Well, if you know there's a policy out there, uh, then you can go to a life insurance policy locator, and that is at NAIC – dot org n-a-i-c dot org uh, and that's a service run by the state insurance uh, commissioners or regulators uh, which can be uh, uh, very important as well also a lot of veterans have life insurance policies that go unclaimed uh, and uh, the place to go there uh, would be insurance dot va.gov slash unclaimed funds. Um, so that's uh, helpful. And then uh, what about IRAs and 401ks and pension plans and things like that? Well, uh, for 401ks or pensions, you can go to uh, – it's free, F-R-E-E, ERISA. Uh, E-R-I-S-A dot com. So it's freearissa dot com. Um, and uh, you have to register in order to go on that site, but it's a free registration. Uh, and it's um, uh, that allows you to, to find where your employer contributed to a plan on your behalf. Um, and uh, but what if the employer went out of business? Well, then you can uh, go to another website called uh, askebsa.dol.gov/slash 
abandoned plan search. Um, and uh, there's some other websites as well, uh, but that's through the Department of Labor. Um, and there's also – even if the plan failed or was shut down, then then you're, you, you don't lose your money. A lot of folks think, well, it's gone, but you don't. It's actually called a Pension Benefit Guarantee Corp. That's a government to, to ensure that your plan is there. And there you have to go to pbgc.gov slash search dash unclaimed dash pensions. So there's a bunch of, bunch of them all there. And, and then there's also another that, uh, group that might be able to help, and that's pensionrights with an S dot org. So there, what I'm getting at is there's a lot of lost money out there, and it may be yours. <laughs> so, you know, do a little research, and you might find a pot of money that you didn't know was there. Um, and, you know, getting a little more money in your pocket is something that can be extremely helpful to folks. Yeah, spending a couple minutes just searching online uh, may potentially yield a big reward for you, so you have nothing to lose. <laughs> uh, some of these websites, again, that Bill gave out, unclaimed.org, naic.org, insurance.va.gov slash unclaimed funds, free erisa, E-R-I-S-A.com, and uh, a couple others that we'll give out later in the program if you want to follow up on those. Bill gave a pile of those out, and uh, again, I'm sure folks will uh, be standing by with pen and paper later on in the show, but we'll give them out at the end of the program. A quick break and back, and we've got more for you right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday morning. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And we've uh, rolled through a pile of topics here. want to remind you, you can still register for Bill's free seminars this Wednesday, May 8th. Go online to WGALaw.com or you can call the office 919 919- Two five six seven thousand. Bill, I spent the whole break trying to look up some unclaimed cash, see if I've hit the jackpot yet. <laughs> but I've, I've got a pile more websites to check. So, oh, well, there you go. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Um, Bill, before the show, we were talking a little bit about uh, wanting to discuss writing your own will, and I feel like a lot of people are might be compelled to to do this. So, what's what's the story with this? Well, uh, for good or bad. Um, uh, uh, oftentimes, people are encouraged to write their own wills. You know, you can. There are different ways to do that, <clears throat> and I would warn folks that that's a dangerous thing to do. But also, the fact is that there are an awful lot of folks out there who have no will, and they don't want to go to a lawyer to get one done. And uh, yes, there are ways to write a will. And are you better off? Having some kind of will than no will at all. Well, writing your own will, I guess, is a better solution uh, than um, not having any will whatsoever. And now I distinguish this from estate planning. Why? Because estate planning and elder law planning 
should be life planning as opposed to death planning. And uh, clearly your will is about death, okay? Where, where do you want your stuff to go? And if you don't have anything, then the state of North Carolina or whatever state you live in has a will for you. In other words, that's called intestate succession. They have a plan. But typically what the state has is not what most people want to have. I mean, it's uh, in most states, uh, your property is going to go to your spouse and your children um, in some form or fashion. But it's typically not all to one or the other. It's divided up by whatever formula the state says. And, of course, uh, folks' lives can be more complicated. They could have a second or third spouse. Uh, they could have children by previous marriages. And, and of course, the state has a will for all of those folks uh, in some form or fashion, no matter what. Now, if you're, if you're da- bound and determined to, to write your own will, and, of course, that's the least important document that folks should have in terms of any kind of planning that people do, um, you should make sure that you do it in your own hand. In other words, this is where you skip the computer, you skip the typewriter, if people remember what a typewriter is, um, and you just write it out in your own handwriting. You don't have somebody else write it out. You write it out in your own hand. And you should put last will and testament at the top of it so people know that it's your intention that this is your last will and testament. You write out who you want to get your property and what property you want them to have. Um, and then uh, it, it would be nice if you say who you would like to um, administer your estate. Uh, you know that, and, and we call that an executor in North Carolina. Um, some states call it a personal representative, uh, and it's also nice if you say uh, uh, no bond uh, for that executor. Um, that saves the family money, uh, but importantly, it's not going to be valid unless you date it and sign it. Uh, those are real important. Um, because if you don't date it, people don't know uh, when you did it uh, and whether what the circumstances were and, and those kinds of things. So uh, now I have to, I, I will also warn you, even if you think you're you've got it done right, you know you've you've written it out in your own hand, it's got last will and testament on it, you've said who you want to get your property uh, and you've dated it and you've signed it. Okay, that should be a valid will. However, I will also say that uh, oftentimes those wills are challenged by family members and and oftentimes they create more problems than they solve because, you know, the fact of the matter is intestate succession is never going to be challenged if you don't have a will – at least uh, it's it's going to go to wh- where the state says it's going to go. There's no challenge to it. And most people want things to be relatively simple and inexpensive when they die for their family members. And that's sort of an important kind of thing. But I would also say this uh, in my warnings. You're, you're always better off of seeing an experienced an attorney to make sure your planning is done right. 
Uh, and from my perspective, doing your own will might be okay for younger people that have very simple situations, no complications, and no even no children. Because once you have children, it's really important that if you're going to do planning, that you have a trust for minor children. That's and a good trust is really important uh, if you're going to try to take care of your minor children in the event of your death. So um, the bottom line is is that doing your own will is only really appropriate for folks who have very little money and uh, they um, have an uncomplicated uh, family situation. Uh, and that's about it. And I, uh, even for those folks, they're better off uh, having good planning done, but there is a way, and it can be done. Uh, if if so, if if somebody's just not going to do it right, uh, then having a will is better than not having a will, and and you can do it this way. Um, now, anyone that has a good bit of uh, nest egg, uh, or they have any kind of uh, family situation uh, that is not simple, which truthfully most of us are in that kind of situation now, uh, or we have concerns over how the money uh, or our property is distributed or whether it can be uh, y- used in a proper fashion by our children, uh, or we're concerned about our, the marriages of our children and whether there might be a divorce in the f- in the future. There are ways that we can protect that. Plus, even for seniors that have a relatively simple situation, in other words, you've been married for 50 years and you and your wife or your husband have uh, two or three children and your children are wonderful and everything is great, but – you're you're not wealthy, you know. You basically uh, are doing okay, uh, but uh, you have to worry about illness and long-term care issues and things like that. Um, if you have good estate planning, we can protect your resources for your spouse upon your death. Uh, and that's huge, uh, particularly when it comes to Medicaid planning and VA planning and other types of uh, – or just creditor protection planning. Um, uh, but it's not a simple will. It's what we call a modified sweetheart will. Not a sweet – you know, sweetheart will is an I love you, everything to my spouse and then equally to my children. But obviously then you have to worry about, well – if I die, will my spouse remarry and will my children not receive our resources when we both die? And that's a concern for a lot of families. Uh, I mean, we've all seen even 80 and 90-year-olds remarry, and then sometimes uh, the children don't get anything. It's um, it's a real shame when that happens. But you can also protect your portion of the uh, nest egg that you and your spouse have created and protect it from uh, a remarriage situation. Um, that's important for folks to understand, too. There are ways to do that, and we do it all the time. And that's a big part of the reason we stay busy uh, in terms of our estate planning. 
But again, your will is is the least important of your – it's an important document, but it's the least important uh, because from my perspective, your other planning documents, your powers of attorney or a trust, your medical releases, digital releases, those things are really important during your lifetime to make sure that you – are able to do what you want to do for yourself and your spouse uh, during your lifetime. Um, so, the, and truthfully, most seniors don't have the right documents. I, I know I preach that all the time, and it's terrible. But the fact is, is that most seniors don't have the documents. They think, well, I went to an attorney 20 years ago, and I got that old power of attorney. And truthfully, those powers of attorney, 99% of the time, will not work when you need it to work for asset protection when you're uh, a senior. So th- this is uh, – everyone needs to review their plans uh, from time to time. And when you retire or you get older and you start worrying about long-term care issues, you really need to have your documents reviewed and replaced more often than not. Yeah, don't get caught with some bad documents. Please get professional uh, observation and make sure that you've got the documents that are appropriate for you. You can do that by scheduling an appointment with Bill, calling 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. He's Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong, thanking you for joining us on this Saturday morning. And we're talking about a wide variety of topics. We mentioned the seminars earlier. Again, if you want to register for this Wednesday's free seminars, get some wonderful information from Bill, go online to WGALaw.com or call the office 919 919- Two five six seven thousand and Bill. Uh, just before the break, we were talking about writing your own will and how uh, that may not be the the smartest way to go about planning. And uh, an, another thing that we want to jump into here is, you know, for retirement, we may think that we've got everything figured out. We may think we're on the ball and we've got things planned, but there's there's some ways that your retirement plans can be busted. So let's go well, into no those. no question about it. Uh, I've, I've always said that, that good planning is holistic and you it does require good legal do- – the right legal documents at the right time. Uh, and, that, of course, that's what I do. And it also involves good counseling as to how to use those documents in the right way at the right time. And that's really important. Of course, that's what we do too. Uh, and then it's also a matter of uh, knowing uh, how to invest your nest egg uh, and um, uh, how to utilize it. Those kind of, In other words, it's a financial situation uh, with how to, how to have your uh, property invested and used during – particularly during your retirement uh, and the third uh, leg is how your property is titled, and that's the one forgotten leg that makes the chair fall if you don't have it done correctly, depending on uh, your um, your plans and what you want to happen uh, with your money uh, during your lifetime and, and at your death. So uh, now, 
uh, on the money side, even if you do everything right, you know, you've, you've uh, funded your retirement accounts, you've done well financially, you've put money back for your retirement years, there uh, are a bunch of things that people do wrong uh, or uh, they have no control over that will bust their budget in a heartbeat because you have to recognize that the biggest difference for most families from working years to retirement years is the fact that when you retire, you typically have less income. And it's a fixed income. It's not where you can go back to work and earn a little bit more or get a second job, at least not for most folks. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, those are things that um, are really important for folks to understand. So what are the things out there that make a big difference? Well, the uh, one of the facts that you cannot control is inflation. In other words, things cost more up the road than they cost today. Uh, I mean, I think back to when I was a youngster. Uh, this will t- tell you something about how how old I am. Because you know, back in the dark ages, I could my mother would give me a quarter, all of us, in order to go to the movies and be able to. I, I could get in the movie theater for 15 cents and I could buy a, um, a soft drink for a nickel and a, and a candy bar for a nickel. So I was set, <laughs> you know, for a quarter. All right. Now, how much does a movie cost today? Uh, <laughs> it's a little more than a 15 cents. That's about 84 quarters. Uh, and and popcorn <laughs> and a soft drink. Uh, is a whole bunch more than that. I mean, truthfully, it just blows my mind just for one person to get into a movie theater and, and get, you know, a little popcorn and something like that. You're talking probably $25, $30 per person. Well, that's called inflation. And, uh, you know, or if you want to look at it a different way, um, you know, uh, what? Eggs um, are, let's see, uh, I, I can't even... Uh, think, uh, but uh, they've gone up and they've gone up uh, like 150 percent uh, in the last 20 years. Uh, so, I mean, that's again, that's inflation. So, if you're on fixed income, each year, how much you have purchases less and less and less and less, and that's something that you have to figure into your budget. And to, in terms of will it be enough? And, of course, what's related to that is longevity. In other words, we're living longer and longer, which means each year that, that our, with inflation gets less and less and less, our purchasing power goes down each year. And even if you get a little bit of a cost of living, it's never enough for inflation. And, of course, one of the other things for seniors is the fact that For seniors, the inflation factor for things that you will definitely need as you're older is health care. Well, guess what? Inflation for health care issues is much higher than inflation for the overall economy. In other words, health care inflation is closer to 5 to 6% a year rather than 1 or 2 or 2.5 or 3% 
a, a year. So, uh, I mean, and seniors over the past few years see it because they've gotten a cost of of living increase in Social Security, but almost every year their Medicare premium goes up uh, and and uh, takes every penny of that um, increase in their Social Security check. Well, you know, that's that's what I'm really talking about. Well, some of the other mistakes that you actually do control is there are an awful lot of parents out there that – want to see their children and grandchildren happy and they're they're overly generous you know sometimes generosity gone wild if you will and and part of that's because they think well i'm not going to live forever i'm not going to need all this money but the fact is you don't know how long you're going to live and you might very well need the money and once you give it away you're not going to get it back now, sometimes your children uh, might put money you've given them aside for you just in case, but that's never going to happen with your grandchildren. Grandchildren will have a plan for it to be gone within a month or less, maybe a day. Um, uh, another issue that you can control is the uh, keeping up with the Jones or the Smiths factor, and, and that is if you have friends that maybe they take – uh, expensive vacations and they want you to join them on it, well, you might not be able to afford it. And and this is where keeping up with the Joneses um, uh, is uh, maybe not the way to go. And I, I've had that situation in, in my own life. I try to be a tightwad when it comes to having nice things. Uh, but I have a, a really close friend who's uh, worth 50 times more than any, I, what I have, and he can do anything he wants. He and his wife can do anything they want to, and they're very generous with their family. But it doesn't matter. They've you know, got you know, multi-millions of dollars. And they go on some really expensive vacations. Well, truthfully, I've been on vacations that are just as nice, but I spend half as much because – I can't keep up with them, but I know I can't keep up with them, don't want to keep up with them. Uh, it, it ain't going to happen anyway, and if I did, I'd be broke, and I don't want to be broke. And it's it's really important for folks to understand what they have and live within their means. Now, you know, I was talking about inflation just a second ago, and that's 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 one of the reasons why I say for folks to do your best to have your mortgage paid off before you retire. Because that's one of the easiest and best ways where then you're, you don't have to worry about the inflation related to your ability to pay that fairly large expense. And it gives you a whole lot more money to spend on the other things that, that you need. Um, and, and it's safe. There's no risk in paying off your mortgage. Whereas uh, – so investment counselors that really push you to do the opposite – I think are just totally wrong. So that's that's something that I think is is uh, important. And of course, the other budget buster is not necessarily long term care, although that's one too. Uh, it's illness. You know, a lot of we can't guarantee that we're going to be healthy until we die. And of course, if we get sick during our working years. Uh, that's a real thing uh, for a lot of folks. They end up on disability, and so they end up on a fixed income long before 
they thought they would. So they don't, they're not able to put near enough money back for their own future. And then they're stuck on a fixed income as well. Um, you know, yes, they have a little bit, but they don't have enough. And that's the problem. So sickness can really have a, an impact as well. That's why we have these seminars every month, and that's why we talk so much about asset protection, because uh, dealing with that is uh, it, it can be a financial crisis for anyone. A quick break and back more with asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We're just about out of time here, but I want to remind you, go online to register for Bill's seminars this Wednesday, May 8th. WGALaw.com is the website, WGALaw.com. You can also call the office to register as well. It's free to attend, 919-256-7000, Some of those websites that I promised you early earlier in the show, unclaimed.org, naic.org, insurance.va.gov, slash unclaimed funds, free ERISA, E-R-I-S-A, Dot com as well. Pensionrights.org is the other one as well. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. On behalf of Bill, I am Jason Kong. Thanking you for listening. Join us again next week. Thank you so much. This is News Radio 680 WPTF. Mm-hmm.